0: Happy Thursday, everybody. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. means it's time for Tim with Tim. Y'all doing good? Uh, Good to see you this morning. It's a great day to be in the Word together. We are going verse by verse through the book of Job right now. We're wrapping it up, y'all. We are finishing up the speech of Elihu today, and then tomorrow God begins to speak from the whirlwind. I can't wait for that. I'm excited for that. We've been waiting, what, 38 chapters for that. So anyway, tomorrow's going to be fantastic. Today's good, though. Uh, Elihu finishes his fourth and final speech in chapters 36 and 37. Hopefully you read ahead. If not, listen to what I say uh, my reading and then go back and read for yourself. Always, always read for yourself. I can't read it for you. I can read it and tell you what I see. And I'm pretty excited about what I see most days, but, uh, honestly, you'll be more excited about what you see, what you hear when God speaks to you in God's word. So don't ever think I can do your Bible reading for you. I can read it for myself and share what I'm hearing. But then most importantly, you need to hear for yourself and, and, and share what you're hearing as well. Uh, Chapter thirty six and thirty seven again, the final speech of Elihu. Uh, Elihu just continues being Elihu. I mean, he's just going to uh, he's going to be himself all day long. Uh, and uh, I, well, actually, he's a little extra <laughs> in the beginning here. Uh, let me go on. I'll show you the truth. Uh, for I have not yet finished defending God. That's in Living Translation. Wow, poor God. You know needs. Elihu's defense I mean that that's the great thing about when God shows up because he puts all of these clowns in their place you know God doesn't need any one of us you know to defend his glory his majesty he can do that all by himself and he's about to but Elihu bless his heart thinks that God needs a little shoring up um i am a man of great knowledge verse four he says you know I, i'm gonna defend god now so uh, y'all sit back i am a man actually the hebrew there says i am a man of perfect knowledge <laughs> so we thought that maybe he thought he knows it all and then turns out he does think he knows it all i am a man of perfect knowledge so y'all sit back and listen to me uh pontificate uh, and, and here he goes like i say typically elihu is right about god but wrong about job and uh and And that's where he gets into trouble. When when he tries to explain Job's suffering, he may think he knows a lot, but he can never know what God knows. And you can never yourself know what God is doing in somebody else's life. I don't know that God typically reveals that knowledge to us. But Elihu thinks he's got it, and so here he goes. Um, Notice uh, verses 5 through 10 or so. uh, It's just a classic a defense of just that binary perfect clean justice where god rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked you know he does you know he does and that's what Elihu is saying here, if they're bound in chains and caught up in a web of trouble, God shows them the reason. He shows them their sins of pride. You know, um, I, I think we're beginning to see the theme here that Elihu basically accuses Job of arrogance, pride. Um, he doesn't speculate about a lot of other sins of the flesh that Job might be guilty of, but but it's pride. He just continues to uh, hold the mirror of pride up to Job's face and go, see, see, you're proud, right? You're proud, you're arrogant. This is what God's trying to tell you. Uh, in chapter 36, Elihu gives us a pretty good sense of, of his own doctrine of suffering. He obviously feels that suffering is meant to not just punish us, but... But to get our attention, uh, verse 10, chapter 36, he gets our attention and commands them to turn away from evil. Uh, So uh, Elihu believes that suffering functions in our lives to to get our attention uh, to call us away from evil. Now, that can certainly be true. I'm never going to say that that's not one of the functions of suffering. Absolutely. God may be trying to tell you something you know. And if you ask me, is God trying to tell me something? I would say, yes, always. (laughs) God is always trying to tell you something, always. And God will speak in all of the ways that He can speak. And if He can get your attention, you know, by, by knocking you on your back, you know, then He will get your attention that way. I mean, He absolutely can. But that doesn't mean every time you get sick or every time you suffer or every time you experience the tragedies that are so common in life it doesn't necessarily mean that you've been singled out for a lesson I mean you know yes God's always speaking and God's gonna whatever circumstances of your life God's gonna use those to accomplish his purpose but it is not you know that every time you know the rain falls on you that God's trying you know to you know to ruin your day uh, and, and this is where Elihu, I, th- I think, falls short in, in assuming, you know, that uh, every instance of suffering is God's, you know, trying to woo you to turn away from evil. Uh, sometimes it, it rains, you know, on you, you know, today's because it rained on me yesterday. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Scripture says, uh, you know, so not, it's not just raining, you know, because you're wicked, you, you know, by means of their suffering he rescues those who suffer he gets their attention through adversity again that's verse 15. Um, uh, Elihu again uh, it's not that what he's saying is not true it's his presumption that he can explain you know the specific circumstances of Job's suffering just My word of advice to you, uh, don't try to explain somebody else's suffering. You don't know. You don't know why they're going through what they're going through. You think you know, well, you got cancer because you used to smoke. You know, well, maybe, probably. Are are you a scientist? I mean, yeah, we know that that is generally true. And we can speak, speak about what is generally true about everything, about God, but. But I just think you have to be a little more humble and a little more willing to hold your tongue when you're tempted to explain somebody else's suffering. I just don't think you know. And so don't pretend like you do. God is leading you away from danger, Job, to a place free from distress. Um, Is he, though? I mean, God's about to speak, and that's not what he's going to say. So uh, again, uh, uh, God sent this suffering to keep you from a life of evil. You know, know, such certainty, you know, for things that you can't possibly know. uh, look, God is all powerful. Yes, he is. And again, uh, when Elihu goes into that, you know, uh, it, it's almost like a hymn in the end of chapter 36, into chapter 37. Uh, it's pretty good. Like I say, Elihu, when Elihu talks about God, uh, I, I like it. I, I like it. Uh, chapter 36, verse 33, it's a very difficult verse to translate but the thunder announces his presence the storm announces his indignant anger it's a really hard verse to translate but the hebrew word there it it, it is just as likely saying something about cows so the idea is the thunder announces his presence and the cattle know when the storm is coming and maybe it's just being a a country kid Uh, I just I, I know how the cows all lay down before it rains and I just think that's kind of amazing how God made them to know that we don't know it you know I mean we have to have an app on our phone to tell us when it's about to rain but all the cows already know you know i just love that and this is where elihu is good and and this is how his speech is function to prepare us for for god's own speech because honestly the closer we get to when god speaks the more elihu starts to sound like god's own discourse and especially here at the end of 36 the beginning of chapter 37. It really begins to sound like what we're going to read the next couple of days when God himself speaks from the, from the whirlwind. Going into chapter 37, um, he's been speaking specifically uh, addressing Job singularly. But here in, in chapter 37, verse 2, he switches back to plural pronouns. So listen carefully to the thunder of God's voice. At that point, he's addressing, again, everyone, all of the friends in Job. So again, he's been speaking specifically to Job in chapter 36, where he was kindly explaining his suffering. But now he's addressing everyone again about, it's just this hymnic, um, uh, beautiful uh, exposition on the, the wonders and 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 marvels of, of God. And again, I'm here for it. Uh, Elihu, like I say, when he's talking about God, he's usually right on, and, and I love it. And uh, it's just really sort of elegant. Uh, Verses 1 to 13, read closely. I mean, these are ancient, ancient people. And Elihu is not any kind of meteorologist, but he has very sophisticated observations about atmospheric uh, conditions and effects I, I mean he really has a, an understanding of condensation and and distillation how the clouds contain moisture the, the cyclonic movements of clouds i mean he, this is no neanderthal you know dummy here i mean he has a very as i say a very elegant understanding of atmospheric conditions and you got to give him that it's just beautiful Pay attention to this Job, again, back to singular address here. Stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God. Uh, do you know how God controls the storm? And again, once Elihu gets into this kind of rhythm, it sounds very much like when God's going to pick up here in just a few verses and begin his own challenge to, to, to Job. So teach the rest of us what, uh, what to say to God. We are too ignorant to make our own arguments. Again, a little sarcasm toward Job. Should God be notified uh, that I want to speak again? Uh, Elihu is is challenging or trying to shame Job because Job has just you know stated and signed his defense and then you know called for this audience with God. And Elihu is like, who do you think you are? You know he shames him you know by showing him these marvels of God and like you really think you get to just you know knock on this door and demand to talk to the manager you know uh and so Elihu sort of shames job but uh, again Elihu's speech ever just it either gets interrupted and flattened when God shows up or elihu actually sort of introduces uh God's own speech because he says, um, the golden splendor comes from the mountain of God. He is clothed in dazzling splendor. We cannot imagine the power of the Almighty, but even though He is just and righteous, He does not destroy us. No wonder people everywhere fear Him. All who are wise show Him reverence, and then God speaks from the, from the cyclone, from the whirlwind. And so uh, that's the end of Elihu. We don't hear back from him. He doesn't speak again. God doesn't really mention Elihu's speech. I mean, Elihu was very proud of himself. You'd think that he would be waiting for God to say, you know, Elihu, that was pretty good. But Elihu just kind of, his speech trails off and he disappears. You know, so for all of his bluster and his perfect knowledge, he's done and he's gone, and we'll never hear from him again. But tomorrow and what follows, chapters 38 and 39, we're going to hear the Lord challenge Job. It is so good. God shows up everybody said he wouldn't Elihu said you got no right to ask for this but God shows up and says does somebody call me and then he is going to blister and bless Job with his words and I love it so God speaks tomorrow in chapters 38 and 39 so read ahead and we'll talk about it when we get there I love you guys so much it's a beautiful day I can't wait to get out there I gotta do a lot of visits today so I'm gonna be in the car a lot uh, but mostly I just am am excited for the sunshine I love you guys so much I can't wait for tomorrow I'll see you, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Have a good Thursday.